Happy New Year's to you guys. Good morning. Um, how many out there, you're big into the New Year's resolution thing? Like, you, you make a resolution. Oh, there's like four of you. That's amazing. Um, well, this will be fun for the rest of you guys who aren't into New Year's resolutions. So I was reading about this guy who um, was kind of tired of, you know, making a resolution and then failing within the first week. And so uh, he made some new resolutions for 2011. And his resolutions this year were to eat more, drink more, exercise less, and sit on the couch and watch a lot more TV. So we'll see how that goes for him this year. Uh, Maybe that will inspire some of you. Um, What we want to talk about uh, today is where we're heading in 2011. Regardless of whether you're a New Year's resolution person or not, um, the, the beginning of a new year is a great time to take a few minutes, and if you haven't done this, to do this at some point and just kind of reflect back on the last year and, uh, and, and think about what, what happened in that year and then a chance to look ahead to what is to come in the next year. And we are doing the same thing here at Grace, and that's what we want to focus on this morning. Um, and so before we go any further, if you would join me, let's, uh, let's say a quick word of prayer. God, uh, we just want to thank you. Uh, We recognize that you are in this place. Uh, We are here, God, to worship you and to hear from you. So, uh, Lord, uh, speak to us this morning. Open our hearts and our minds. And, um, yeah, we thank you for your goodness and your love. In Christ's name, amen. All right. So um, we've been reflecting as a staff and as a board um, we've, you know, we've just uh, passed the 10-year anniversary of Grace Community Church. We did that this past um, Christmas Eve. And, you know, looking back on the 10 years, one of the things that where we feel like we're at a good place is uh, in, in terms of kind of the culture and the feel, the atmosphere that you get when you walk in here on a Sunday morning. Um, we feel like we've, we've got a pretty good thing going in, in creating a welcoming environment where people would be able to come in, would be able to bring a friend, not feel a sense of judgment, not feel a sense of condemnation or pressure. Um, we feel like we've done a pretty good job of creating truly a church for people who don't go to church where anyone could come in and just kind of feel like, you know, no, no one's forcing anything down my throat. And we have a lot of people, about one in five people who attend Grace, who, you know, haven't decided whether they believe in Jesus Christ as, as their Savior, as the Son of God. And we think that that's wonderful because then that, that shows that this is a, a safe place to be able to do that, to be able to uh, search and uh, explore Christianity. But so what, where we feel like we're good with that, uh, we've, we have felt um, as a staff and as a board for the past couple of years, the growing sense that God is nudging us in an area where we need to do better. And that area is in helping people who have come in and now feel comfortable here and feel like grace is their church in helping them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ in helping them to grow in their faith, in their spiritual journey. And actually at the past two annual uh, board staff retreats, um, this idea has risen to the top as the thing that, that we feel like is the most important thing that we need to address right now. And certainly, the Bible backs this up. Um, if you look at uh, the Gospel of Matthew, which is the first of the four Gospel stories of Jesus in the New Testament, Jesus' final words, according to the Gospel writer Matthew, in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20, say this. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything 
I have commanded you. Now, uh, what I want to focus on is Jesus where he says, therefore, go and make disciples. Okay, what is a disciple? Well, another word for a disciple is a follower. So go and make followers of Jesus. Okay, that is really the church's imperative. Okay, that's what we're to be about as Grace Community Church is to make disciples or to make followers. Okay, well, um, let me tell you, that word disciple, that that word is kind of, that's a very um, churchy word. Okay, and we are a church for people who don't go to church. And so, um, you know, I want to, what I want to do is I want to define quite a churchy term. Okay. A lot of times at Grace, when we have a term that we're not really crazy about because it's got kind of a bad stereotype or an impression, right, we, we'll, we'll use a different word. But in this case, uh, we actually want to go right at this word and try and redefine it, try and come biblically and talk about what does disciple, what is a disciple, what is discipleship. So i got to fill in for you. Uh, essentially, the church's task is to be about discipleship. This is mentioned at church conferences and leadership things. I mean, this is just ch- as churchy a word as it gets, okay? And some of you are like, ugh. Discipleship. What does that even mean? Okay, well, here's what it means. Helping people to be more like Jesus Christ. That's discipleship. Okay? You might be thinking, you know, UFOs and Kool-Aid and David Koresh and, you know, whatever it is that you may be thinking about, whatever comes into your mind, these are the kind of things that sometimes come into my mind. But the practical reality is discipleship is helping people to become more like Jesus. And that's where we feel like God is impressing upon us to move forward. So... We as a leadership team have been praying and, and discussing, having tons of conversations about this idea. Okay, so what does discipleship, what does that look like at Grace? How are we helping people to be more like Jesus? And when we, you know, so we've been doing all this stuff. We've been wrestling with the scriptures. And here's what we've come up with, okay? We look at Jesus. How does Jesus do discipleship in the Bible? Well, the primary way that Jesus does discipleship the way that he did it when he walked this earth 2,000 years ago, was he spent the majority of his time building into the lives of 12 men. So yeah, he did a lot of miracles. He did lots of amazing things, gave big sermons. But the primary activity that Jesus did when it came to discipleship was he built into the lives of 12 men. Okay, And you guys all know this, right? And it's when many churches get their small group or their community group model, it's kind of based around this idea of Jesus and his disciples. But here's the thing that is really interesting to me that I did not realize about the way that Jesus did discipleship, the way that he built into these men. The way Jesus did it was he constantly challenged them. Jesus was all about pushing the disciples out of their comfort zone, challenging them to think putting them in positions where they would face these grand challenges because Jesus knew a fundamental growth principle. And the fundamental growth principle is that we grow through challenges. It's through adversity that it makes us stronger. And he knew this. You know, in fact, from the very beginning, from the very first calling of his disciples, it was all about challenge. Check this out. Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 20. It says, as, this is the calling of his first two disciples. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter. Peter was Simon's nickname, and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. 
And then here's Jesus' famous words. You've heard these before. He says in verse 19, Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. And in verse 20, it says, At once they left their nets and followed him. Now, you may be thinking, oh, yeah, that's cool. I've heard that story before. These guys were fishing, and here comes along Jesus, this rabbi. We've heard about him. He's been doing some teachings and stirring things up, and, you know, and, and he's been doing some miracles. And you may be thinking, oh, so the disciples were fishing, and then Jesus said, hey, come follow me. And they thought, yeah, let's check this out. Let's go and see what this Jesus is all about. That's not at all the context of this passage, okay? The context of this passage is a challenge on the grandest scale. Because here's the deal. What it meant to a Jewish person to follow a rabbi 2,000 years ago was totally radical. Okay, what this meant, when you would follow a rabbi, essentially what you were doing was at that moment in time, you were agreeing to stop whatever it was you were doing with your life, and you would go and completely submit to the authority of that disciple. You would go and you would follow wherever they go. You would do what they did. You would actually not only submit to their authority and how they interpreted the scriptures, which at that time was the Old Testament, right, the Hebrew scriptures, and how they interpreted, but you would also try and emulate everything that they did. So, for example, um, you know, one of the things that, that the rabbi, like probably one of the biggest things the rabbis were responsible for um, was interpreting you know, all those laws and commandments that God had handed down in those scriptures, it was like, okay, well, you know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, you know, honor the Sabbath and don't work and all that stuff. Um, they would figure out, okay, so what exactly does that look like? Practically, you know, what, what is work? What is stealing? So if you were following a rabbi who interpreted that scripture to mean that, um, you know, thou shalt not steal, like if you showed up late to meet somebody, that that was stealing their time, you were wasting their time. Anybody just get really annoyed when someone's late, right? So if, if, you, if that was your rabbi that you were following, and they said that when you show up late, that's stealing. That's stealing your time. That was binding on you for the rest of your life. I mean, it was that serious. So when Jesus comes to these two fishermen, and he says, come, follow me, those words were huge. They knew what they were getting themselves into. That's why it says they dropped their nets, and they went and followed him. In fact, in other gospel accounts, it says they left everything and followed Jesus. So from the very start, you guys, the very start, Jesus issued a grand challenge to his disciples. And it's, it starts there and it goes all throughout his ministry. And that, that's the primary thing that is so striking about the way that Jesus built in and did discipleship with, with these guys. And so what we've realized as a church, what this means for Grace Community Church, is that we need to make some changes. We want to get in line with this whole challenge mode, this challenge idea. So what it's, what it's meaning is we're, we're re, reshaping the way that we do groups at Grace. Now, I don't know if you've, if you've been to a community group before at Grace. I know many of you have. Um, but community groups, if you haven't been to one, they're, they're kind of in line with the, the, the general flavor of what you experience on a Sunday morning. Um, they're laid back. They're no pressure, no hassle, no obligation. We say, hey, you can go one time and check it out, see what you think. You can bounce around to different ones. Um, you know, it's a place where you study the Bible, where you pray for one another. Um, there's some powerful things that have happened, and we have some wonderful community groups here at Grace. But um, what we've realized is that we need to um, take that model of community group and we've realized that there's not really, for, for many people, 
who, who want to experience more of what it's like to follow Jesus, right? want more of a taste of what those tw- early 12 disciples experienced, uh, we need to kind of up the stakes a little bit and give them a little bit more of a challenge. And so what we're doing, and this is a crazy word, okay, that literally for months we've been wrestling with here at Grace, but one of the things we're doing, um, to, this is, it's a symbolic thing, but it helps to set the tone for what these groups are about, is we're changing the name of, from community groups to discipleship groups, okay? I'm telling you, if you're thinking cult, I'm right with you, okay? I'm right, I'm right, I'm right there with you, okay? I was like, it, it was, we've been, we've been planning this thing for so long, and like two nights ago, I was on the phone with John, and I was like, are you sure we want to, I mean, are we, are we positive that we want to call these things? I mean, I was like, it's not too late, you know, we can, um, but we just, it's such a clear sense that, um, that we need to up the challenge. And by calling it discipleship group, right from the beginning, you know, when you sign up for one of these things, what you're getting yourself into, you know, it, it, discipleship is helping people be more like Jesus. So you're coming, not just to kind of socialize and not whatever you're coming because you're like, you're trying to experience more of what it's like to be a follower of Christ and be more like Jesus. So let me explain it a little bit. Okay, I, I know some of you are like, man, that, that's, a, that's a crazy word, especially for a church, for people who don't go to church. So we recognize that tension. All right, so these discipleship groups that we're going to be rolling out uh, next month, they are going to challenge you in two primary ways, two primary ways. The first is to think critically, to think critically. You know, Jesus was constantly challenging his disciples to think critically. We all know that Jesus taught in these parables. And they were actually, a lot of them were, were riddles. And they were things that like were, you know, that he was using like everyday common things, telling stories. But they were a, very hard to interpret. They would make you think. Okay? But here's the other thing that, that we know about Jesus in parables. But the other thing that Jesus is famous for is he used a lot of questions. So when someone would ask Jesus a question, he would, he would love to fire a question back. And what we see with him, with his disciples, is asking questions. So in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 15, it says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, well, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked. Who do you say I am? See, Jesus was constantly asking these guys questions. He wanted them to think. You know, and I mean, Jesus was really brilliant in this, in this way, okay? Because you got to realize that his audience, his disciples, the people that he was addressing, this was, this was Jewish people, okay? Jewish people were, were really skilled at knowing the scriptures. So they knew already what the Bible said. Does that make sense? They, they knew it. What he was doing was to challenge them to think critically about what they already knew. Were they interpreting it the right way? So let me give you a brilliant example. This is in Matthew chapter 12, okay? In Matthew chapter 12, it records that Jesus goes out deliberately on the Sabbath, the day that you would not work. He goes out and he heals a man who's crippled on the Sabbath with a big audience around just to make people think. To think, is this okay? Technically, he worked on the Sabbath. Is that okay to do a good work on the Sabbath? So, so this is just an example of what Jesus was all about. With these 12 guys, he was constantly putting them in situations, having discussions, and exposing them to things where they would have to really 
think about what it is that they believe and how, you know, what they understood about the Bible applied to their life. Now, we want to try and recreate this at Grace through these discipleship groups. We want to challenge you to think critically. We want to challenge you to dig deeper into the Bible and wrestle with difficult passages. I don't know if you've been here on a, on, a, on a given Sunday, and like in the middle of a message, is, there'll be some passage up, up, on the, uh, up on the screen where you'll, you'll almost like wish you could shoot your hand up and be like, hold on a second, can we talk more about that? I got a question about this. Like, what, what? I didn't totally get that. Um, we're trying to provide a place where you can dive deeper in to, and get more understanding into the Bible. And um, one of the things that we're, we're doing is we're going to provide resources and training to be able to understand the context of what's happening in those scripture passages. So, for example, it's like the whole thing with, with Jesus saying, follow me. Well, to be able to get some more understanding and understanding the context of that phrase, follow me, and what that really meant. So we're going to be providing uh, resources and an environment where you can do that and you can really dig in, in depth, and figure out how to apply that stuff to your life. If you want to get a little taste of this, because this isn't happening until... February 1st. We're going to talk more about that date in a minute. But if you want to get a little taste of it now, okay, um, Wednesday, January the 12th, uh, Devin and Vic and uh, Devin and Vicky Serene are going to be uh, leading an in-depth Bible study through the Gospel of John. The information is in your bulletin, and Devin and Vicky are actually right here. Can you guys just stand up right where you are? Um, they'll be at the um, at the connect table in the lobby after the service. You can see them. It's going to be a great in-depth Bible study. If you want to get a little taste for what we're talking about with this thinking critically piece. All right, let me give you the second one. So the second way that discipleship groups at Grace are going to challenge you is to is to keep it real. To keep it real. Jesus had a group, and man, these guys kept it real. I mean, you got to understand, these 12 disciples spent 24 hours a day, seven days a week, living, walking, serving, you know, doing everything with Jesus, okay? Now, it doesn't, I mean, all you have to do is think about it in your own life, okay? You cannot avoid the people in your life that you live with, right? I mean, there's just a level of understanding what's happening in your life. And here's the, here's the kicker for me with these disciples. You got, man, you got to feel like these guys were in an interesting spot. Because not only were they right there with Jesus 24-7 for three years, but um, it's recorded in Scripture like numerous times. It says that Jesus knew what they were thinking. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Um, so, you know, they've got an environment. I, I don't know. And maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a little off base, but just kind of go with me for a minute, okay? So you're spending your, your basically three years of your life 24-7 with Jesus. He's this amazingly brilliant mind, right, who is teaching and talking about life and what really matters, and he's setting people free from all these things, right? And then you even think, he's probably reading my own mind. So at some point, I've got to imagine, not recorded in the scriptures, but like Peter and John and Andrew, they're getting together with Jesus, and they're like, man, let me tell you what's really happening. Can you help me with this issue in my life? You know what I'm saying? I, to me, it's such an environment where these guys would just be able to be real and authentic with one another. I mean, for crying out loud, they washed each other's feet, you guys. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this was a keep it real type of an experience that um, was part of Jesus' discipleship model. So we want to try and 
emulate that at Grace through these discipleship groups. And so what we want to do is we want to provide uh, an environment that challenges you to be real with a group of people and actually have conversations about meaningful stuff that's going on in your life and to pray for one another about stuff that you're actually thinking about and is occupying your mind, okay? So, um, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying to get after here is, um, you know, and I, I've seen this, and, and it, this isn't a bad thing, but I, so I hope no one takes offense to this, but, um, you know, getting together and, and praying for one another, um, and, and if the prayer request is, hey, you know, my, my great-great-aunt, Martha is, you know, she broke her finger and I just really want to pray for healing. I mean, that's, that's a great prayer. I mean, we should definitely pray for great, great aunt Martha. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. But if we're not getting beyond that, like if all the prayers are kind of on that level and the prayers are never dealing with, you know, what, what I've really been thinking about for the last three months, what the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night, the kind of stuff that, man, I'm really working hard to try and do at work or that relationship that I'm just struggling to figure out. If we're never sharing that prayer request and praying for each other on that level, then something's missing. We're, we're missing out on an experience in community. And so um, that's the kind of environment that we're trying to create here. These groups where you'd actually be able to talk about what's really going on in your life. And, um, we see this in spots. I'm responsible for overseeing the groups at Grace, all the different groups. And I see this like in, in little patches with, with our different groups where they're really like, they're really keeping it real. But um, one of the things that we're, we're feeling led to do is to be more intentional about the way that we structure the groups to make sure that it happens, that, that we can get to a place where we trust each other enough, where the environment is good enough to where I'm actually going to throw it out there. Because if it's just a bunch of random people that I don't really know and people are kind of coming and going in these groups, I'm not going to, you know, there's only so much that I'm going to share in that environment. So discipleship groups are going to look like this. And I got to tell you up front, this is not legalistic, rigid rules, okay? What the, these are guidelines. These are parameters to try and build an environment where really cool stuff could take place. But here's what we're looking at. Here are the guidelines. We're going to explore um, taking these groups and having groups for men, groups for women, and groups for married couples. Right now, like 95% of our groups at Grace are mixed groups. Just, you know, it's, it's everybody together. And it's, it's great. It's great. I mean, people really love that. But there's certain things, and I'm going to bring some guys up here in a minute. There's certain things that I have found really never get shared in mixed company, if that makes sense. So we're trying to create environments where we can really talk about... Um, issues at a little bit of a deeper level. So that's the first thing. We're going to segment the groups, men, women, married couples. The second thing is after a group forms, you know, in about after about six weeks when a group starts to solidify and gel, um, that group is going to be closed. So something that I've always loved about Grace is our groups have been open. You know, like there's an open chair policy and anyone can come in and it's great. It's great. But the problem with that policy is that, you know, if you've got like kind of random people popping in and out, it really uh, destroys the ability for you guys to have a place where you really have trust and confidence that's built. So after about six weeks, that group is going to be closed off. Again, if everyone in the group, you know, really feels strongly about someone coming in, of course that stuff is cool. These are just guidelines. So that's the second one. The third one is that we're going we're gonna to cap the groups at eight people. 
Okay? Eight people is the maximum number of people that we're going to have in these groups. Um, you know, Jesus, man, he was a superstar. He could do 12. Um, from, what, from what we've experienced, once you get past eight, it just really becomes difficult for everyone to feel bought into the group, for everyone to be able to get a chance to, to really participate. And then, um, and then finally, just like when Jesus said, follow me, and they knew that they were committing their entire life to this thing, we're going to raise the stakes in terms of commitment to these groups. So when you want to sign up for a discipleship group, you're going to make a commitment up front to say, I will, I will commit to six weeks. I'll come, I'll give this thing a, a fair shake for six weeks. And then beyond that, if the group really forms and everyone feels good about it, then you're going to make another commitment to, to be together for six months. And so that's going to be one of the things that, that we think is really going to help us to have that environment where we can be real with one another. What I want to do now is I want to ask, um, we've got four guys here who are going to make their way up onto the stage. They're going to talk about uh, their group that has currently been going. So if you could give a hand to these men as they come up, that'd be great. And uh, what I want to say as these guys are making their way up and Tony's grabbing a mic here is um, just want to do a quick timeout for a second. If you are here this morning and you are kind of thinking, you know what? What I love about Grace and what I love about this church for people who don't go to church is the laid back, you know, no hassle, no pressure. Like you're kind of feeling anti-discipleship group thing going on right now. Like that's totally fine. That's absolutely cool. This isn't something that we're trying to put on every single person at Grace. Okay? You don't, you're not going to have someone come up to you after the service and say, are you in a discipleship group? You got to get in a discipleship. It's, we're still, the, the flavor of Grace is not changing at all. Okay? This is merely something that if you are here and you're like, you know, I've been to some of those groups and it was okay, but it just felt like something was maybe missing. I don't know. Um, we're trying to create an environment where you would be able to have a little bit more of an experience of what it was like to be a follower of Jesus Christ and, and those who are serious to try and grow a little bit more in their faith. But if that's not you, that's totally cool, okay? If that's not you, that's totally fine. Um, we're still going to offer a tremendous amount of opportunities to be able to get plugged in, get involved, to do discussions and studies and all sorts of cool stuff. So don't feel like if you're not part of the discipleship thing that, that like you're missing the boat or we think you're a terrible person or something because this is just an opportunity for those who want to dig in a little deeper to go there. All right, we good? All right, let's hear from, uh, let's hear from these guys. So this is Tony and Chris and Paul and Amir who are up here this morning. And uh, Tony, is, uh, I've elected him to be the uh, spokesperson of the group. So um, Tony, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your group that you guys have going on? I've never seen these people before in my life. <laughs> so anyway, um, the men's group came together uh, six months, maybe a year or so ago. And if you think about it, you think about the messages that society gives us, you know, it gives to women, you know, you have to look a certain way. Well, for men, and I'm speaking to the, the men in this room right now, um, we have these images that are given to us like... Uh, uh, Rambo or uh, Jason Bourne. You know, you have to you have to speak seven languages, but but don't talk to anyone. And if you get shot, just for goodness' sakes, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> well, when I became born again about 30 years ago, without realizing it, I took that framework into my Christian walk. And as I looked around, all the guys I was hanging with were the same way. Nobody said a word, 
nobody talked about the things that were really going on with them. So I assumed, naturally, Mm. that I was the only one. And that's the way it was for about 30 years. I was a loner, and I kept to myself. And I think I can speak for most of the men in this room. You're probably finding yourself in the same boat. Well, God brought us to grace, and God brought me this uh, men's group. And what I found is a group of men who are authentic, open, and honest. They're willing to talk about the real things that are going on with them, what's happening at work, what's happening in relationships with wives, with kids. You know, how are things going in terms of being a a pure Christian man? You know, we talk about those issues that you're not going to hear generally spoken about in a large group like this. And the best thing of all is that these folks are challenging me to be a better man, to be more like Jesus, but they're not judging me. They're looking for ways to help me calibrate to be more like Jesus. Mm. Now, uh, when this group came together, it was actually bigger, and a little, you had a little bit more of guys kind of coming and going, but something happened um, more recently, within the last, like, three to six months, right, where the group kind of started to form a core and is that when things really started to come together for this group? We got rid of the giant fans. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's the key. Okay. <laughs> so, so in and of itself, the group uh, began to close down and become a tighter circle. There's a, a fifth guy, Matt, who's, uh, who's back home in Cincinnati right now. But the group couldn't be more disparate. We have an IT guy. Uh, a teacher, a reading specialist, a uh, lawyer, and uh, <laughs> he was in the group before we knew that, and, and, a, and a Fed. And, you know, we couldn't come from more disparate backgrounds, but we found that we're all facing the same issues. We're all facing the same issues virtually every day, and that's the thing that has drawn us together. It happened all by itself. I would encourage you not to be concerned about having groups that are seemingly random because God's hand is going to be on that. Yeah, exactly. Now tell us a little bit about the Bible piece of it because this is more than just, hey, we all get together and we're just, you know, it's this kind of support group, right? I mean, you guys, tell us about the biblical piece of this. Well, we uh, focus on uh, all of the things that we're doing are viewed through the lens of Scripture. Sometimes we talk about, uh, you know, the message that has uh, been delivered on Sunday. Other times we have different passages that, that come up. But whatever discussion takes place, that's, that is our, that's our true north. That's what, that's what we go by. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that we're, we're looking to do in these discipleship groups is when someone has a question or someone has an issue, and I know that you guys are kind of famous for this, is is that the next, once they've kind of said, here's the thing that I'm struggling with, or here's the thing that I'm wondering about, you know, the next question is, what does the Bible say about that, you know? Uh, and, and I think that that is, that's such a powerful, it's a, it's a simple, small little question, but if we can keep coming back to the Bible rather than just kind of our own rationalization, um, that's going to be a huge piece of being able to think critically. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, I can't say, I can't emphasize this enough. Christianity is not meant to be a table for one. You're not meant to go this alone. You know, God gives us 
brothers, real brothers, um, who are willing to be there with you every step of the way. That's what I have now. I didn't know that I was missing that for 30 years, but now that I have it, I can see that uh, I was uh, I was missing it. Yeah, and I mean, you, you know, Tony, you're a guy that you've been, you're a committed Christian, you know, active in your faith, and you, you were saying to me that this year, where does this year rank up with the others in terms of your faith journey? Oh, far, far and away, this is the best. I mean, God has really helped me to step things up in a way that I just never dreamed possible. You know, it, because frankly, there are issues now that are on the table that I just didn't want to think about. When the group started, uh, it, the announcement was made about a men's group, and my wife nudges me and says, "Oh, you ought to try that." And I thought, "Well, you know, <laughs> why not? You know, it'll be ju- it'll be just one more of those things." And then I looked down, and the first uh, thing that was being discussed was a book called "Every Man's Battle," and I thought, "Great." <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that's a battle we all fight, except this group, this group of men here, was willing to discuss it openly and honestly. Mm. You know, it, it was a huge step, huge mm. step. Mm. So this is, you were saying to me just a few minutes before the service started, this isn't something that you were actively seeking out or even thought that, you know, would be so cool. It wasn't until you got in that you realized how powerful this was, right? Yeah. This is better than Monday Night Football. I would not miss the Tuesday night gathering for anything. I look forward to it as much as I look forward to Sunday. It gives me an opportunity to be with like-minded men, people who are unafraid to discuss their relationships and their relationship with Jesus. It's a cool thing. Awesome, awesome. Well, Tony, if you could pass the mic, I want to let, let these uh, – Fellow brothers here of your group, uh, chime in. Just if you got a, a quick thought you want to add on to piggyback on that. Um, I, I think that the, this group um, has saved me in a way um, just to open up and express myself and to know that there's other guys that struggle with the same things that I struggle with. Um, I kept those things locked in, and that's not the way that it's supposed to go, which is what I see from this group. Um, and I think... Some I was scared to share those things, um, that I'd be judged, that I'd get a bunch of guys coming around me, like calling me all the time, being like, are you okay? Like, you know, and <laughs> or, or uh, worse yet, like a probation officer, um, you know, kind of keep me on the right path. And that's not what this has been about. This has been about just walking with three other guys, four other guys, and sharing the highs and the lows, and um, learning how uh, my relationship with Christ grows kind of in that process. So uh, if you feel your heart moved to join something like this, I strongly encourage you to because it's an amazing thing. Yeah, I just want to echo whatever what, uh, Tony and Chris said. But, uh, you know, the authenticity didn't just happen because we decided to be authentic. And it was three basic rules that we had when we started going, and that's God is in charge, none of us are in charge, and what we say stays there. And that's the three real core rules to it, and uh, I think that's what's worked. Mm. And, you know, just to piggyback on that, I'm glad you brought that up, Paul. That's one of the things that, you know, part of my, my job here at Grace is to, is to oversee group life. And um, and one of the things that, that I've realized, and these guys did it, they had they actually had a charter that they would read aloud. And they, they, you don't have to do that anymore because you guys kind of, it's, it's now in your framework. But 
they would basically read aloud this. It was like a, a little charter. And, uh, and it would, it would, they would kind of lay out those few basic things that would set the tone then for what they were about to do and remind them, we're not just here kind of going through the motions. We're here to try and grow, you know, in Christ. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was a great point. Thanks for bringing that up. Amir, you got anything, man? Uh, just lastly, I'm just thankful that Christ led me to grace and to fellowship with these gentlemen. I mean, oftentimes after Sunday, as soon as Monday comes around, you're kind of, your mind is kind of far away from Christ and what you've just been uh, worshiping for on Sunday. So Tuesday always kind of recharges me and kind of gets me a little focused again in case I fall off the radar. You know, you leave church, you go play football, you go do whatever you got to do for work to get ready. And so Tuesday kind of brings me back. So hopefully, you know, I get another shot. Good deal. Um, and, you know, I don't know which one of you guys said this, but when I was following up kind of early on with this group, Paul, I think it might have been you. Um, and because I know they're up here right now and they're like, they're talking about Christ and they're looking very, you know, I'm looking at these guys and if you don't know them, you're like, man, these are like men, these are true men of God, you know? Um, so let me just keep it real, okay? Um, no, that didn't come out right. <laughs> but um, I think it was Paul. He said, you know what? I'm going to butcher this. Do you remember this? You said to me, I was checking in with you and, and we were talking about the group and you said, I think I've found the, the group, for, the men's group for me because... Because these guys, like, they, this is a study where these guys, like, they're, they're, they're angry, they're frustrated, like, we're, we're heat, you know, it's, it was, I can't see, I'm not doing it justice, man, but do you, know, you know what I'm saying? It was like, you were like, these are guys who are, like, all screwed up, and this is a beautiful thing, and, you know, do you remember that? Well, all of those guys moved away, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, Real authenticity, and I think um, it wasn't just it was you know kind of the Bible. It wasn't just like you know sometimes you get in these studies or whatever, and everyone's just kind of talking this nice game, you know, and throwing out the right Christianese. It, 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 yeah. You were like, dude, these guys, this is real, man. Like people are just out there, and like this is awesome, and uh, yeah. So I really appreciate you guys, Tony. You got a parting shot? Or are you good? So one more thing, unlike most groups, if, you know, there are times where uh, some, uh, you know, people can't make it, and in a a group normally, you'd cancel. Well, in this group, if only two can make it, those two make it, and they go out to to dinner or or sit and talk. I mean, the group has really become, you know, a very tight circle. Mm. It's a great thing. Yeah. Your wife says she can't get you to stop text messaging these guys, so... Um. (laughs) That's good stuff. Oh, Amir, last last shot. And if you do like the Giants, it's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's the Giants reference. All right. Good deal. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. You guys can keep making jokes and stay up here if you want, but you're welcome to sit down. Thank you. All right. Good deal. You know, the reason that I brought these guys up here was because these are just uh, some guys that are just doing the best that they can, you know, to, to just try and be more like Jesus Christ and, uh, and to support each other and encourage each other along the way. And it really, like, as I've heard them talking about what they've got going on on Tuesday night, this is really the vision for what we're hoping to achieve in these discipleship groups at Grace. These are groups where you will truly have people that you have a level of trust with, that you 
can just be real and you can really talk about some of the stuff that you're dealing with that's going on, especially for guys. How many of us, as Tony said, guys, we really, there's certain things that, that very few people, if anybody, know about us. It's a place where we can see how Jesus Christ can be relevant in those types of situations. And it's a place where you'll be able to dig deeper and think critically and wrestle with the Bible and try and glean some significant insight into your life. So if this is the kind of thing that gets you excited, if you're the kind of person I know a lot of us in D.C., we came here because we wanted a challenge. You know, we're challenged in our workplace. We're challenged in our relationships, especially if you're married. Man, are you challenged, okay? Um, You're challenged in so many areas of your life. And this is just an opportunity. Again, there's no pressure here. This isn't for everybody. We're not hoping that, you know, a thousand people sign up for one of these discipleship groups. If we, if we roll forward with 50 or 100 people who want to do this, we're, that's where we're going to get started. Um, so if you're interested, let me give you a date, and you're going to want to mark this date on your calendar. Um, discipleship groups, uh, the beginning of this process is going to be Tuesday, February the 1st, and uh, it's going to be at 730 and essentially uh, what this is going to be is uh, it's going to be a six-week discipleship study. And so what we're going to do is we're going to gather, and we haven't figured out our location just yet, but we're going to have a large group gathering on a Tuesday nights for six Tuesdays. And, um, and what J- we're going to start by John doing teaching. He's going to do some in-depth Bible teaching. And then we're going we're gonna to, from there, eventually break into groups where we discuss that in-depth Bible teaching. Okay, so we're going to talk about what does discipleship mean and how does that all work. And here's the deal. If you're interested in that, we're asking for a commitment. Okay, we're asking for, for you to, to mark those six Tuesdays out. So if you can make five out of six, then come on and join us. If you can't right now, then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the next go-around when we do another one of these, uh, you can jump on board. So if you're interested in that, you can simply fill out your Connect card. Um, so you've got that little connect card in your bulletin. It's a little perforated sheet at the bottom. Just fill that out, right? It's your contact information, okay, with, a, with an email, and then just write discipleship study, and, uh, and we will start to, you know, get you guys uh, signed up for that. All right, good deal. Thanks for bearing with me today, and uh, why don't we close with a word of prayer. God, um, I know this message was, was, uh, was very practical, and um, got just a lot of details, but this is something that really has been um, on the minds of this leadership team at Grace for, for like two years now. And we are so thankful that we sense you leading us in a direction because for so long we've just been praying and asking, what, how do we do a better job of helping people to grow in their faith? Um, and so, Lord, um, we're just, you know, we've, we've wrestled with you on this one. Um, you know, I wrestled with you even over the name discipleship groups because man, that sounds like a crazy word to me, but, um, Lord, um, I just ask right now that, um, that you would help us as a church to, um, to just go forward in this new chapter in terms of the way that we do groups. I pray for each person who's here this morning. God, uh, there are many of us in this room who love challenges that that's how we grow. That's how we're built up. That's how we become stronger. There are many of us who have been coming and we, we're enjoying what we're hearing. I just, God, I, I pray that you would, for many of us, put something in our minds that would just make us realize that there's so much more, like those four guys who came up here, that there's, there's a whole other level that we could experience. Help many of us here to get more of an experience of what it's like to follow you, Jesus. 
And uh, Lord, just do with us what you will. We're here for you. In Christ's name, amen.